Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland, episode 117. Ted Klapp, Ken Dworznik. Kind of, once again, chilly, just like the last time we did this podcast. I'm not wearing the sweater like a hat on, but uh, I'm a little bundled up. We're in pants. As no, thank you. So, thank as you. Usual. Appreciate you sharing that. Ted, as we get past, you know, once again, everyone's tired of talking about COVID. I'm done with it. You know, the whole thing's done. The president announced it's done. I did hear a stat the other day, and you could confirm this or not. 45% of people during COVID gained at least 29 pounds during Uh, that time. Well, I... uh... I can confirm. How do I? How, let me. I gotta think of the proper way to say this. Uh, I can confirm that at least fifty percent of the adults in our house uh, gained that much. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. yeah, yeah. Yep. I uh, I did a good job. I don't know if I got to twenty nine pounds, but uh, I certainly I didn't help the average. I'll leave yeah. it at that. Well, that's, so. Yeah. I. Uh, um, it's funny that you bring up COVID. I, aside from the weight gain, we were looking at different things for our kids to do. And somebody suggested, we're not going to do this, but somebody suggested we look at the Cleveland Fencing Academy. Oh, that is a very involved, you know, that's a commitment. Yes. We're not going to do this, but I was reading the, the, the rundown of, you know, why fencing, what's, what does it do that's good? And it's, it's very good exercise amongst other things. Um, but one of the things on their website, the Cleveland Fencing Academy website, it says, last but not least, fencing is perfect, is a perfect COVID-19 sport. You're in masks, gloves, layers of protective clothing, and if anybody gets closer than six feet to you, you stab them. <laughs> so <laughs> are you signing the kids up for fencing? No, I, no, I have no, ex- no, no. Okay, we're uh, not looking at that. No, I have experienced we- fencing. My first job was at Wayne State University, and they had a fencing team, and I had never seen fencing in my life. Mm-hmm. It is a very interesting sport. Yeah. Very interesting sport yeah. to say. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Oh, yeah. Well, well Ted, I, I, I know last time we were together, we were kind of disappointed about some things with Cleveland, with being on one of the lowest cities when it comes to – remind me what that was. It was the uh... – uh, livability, I think, or livability like is what it was. Correct. Yeah, it was the. Well, I found I found something a little bit more positive, and I will have more positive Cleveland news as we go out through through this podcast. Um, but Wallet Hub, which I think this la- the last thing you came up with, yep, had a, a survey. This one is the top five best summer travel where people go oh, for different okay. states. Okay. So so you're saying top five in each state? Just the top five places that people travel to during the summer, the top okay. five states. I find oh. it really interesting. Okay. So I'll, get, I'll have you guess the first one. What do you think the first one is? Well, it's got to be New York or, uh, Los An- or uh, California. Yeah, New York was two. California did not make the top five. Surprising. Oh, uh well, I'd say Chicago, but I don't know that anybody wants to get shot there. So Florida. <laughs> no, neither of those were on there either. Oh, That's why well, I brought this whole thing up. Okay. Uh, so number one was Texas. I was good. That was going to be my next guess. Two was New York. Three, yep. North Carolina. That yep. makes sense. Yeah. Number five was Idaho. And then number four was Ohio. Really? I couldn't believe that. Wow. Yeah. That's so that's obviously positive news. And part of that is people, uh, you know, obviously looking at the bigger cities. So you're talking about Cincinnati, you're talking about Columbus, you're talking about Cleveland. That people yeah, absolutely. Visit, so huh. I thought that was very positive news. Huh. Well, that's, uh, there's a ranking to be proud of. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sure we'll, uh, well, I, I shouldn't say I'm sure, but, uh, I, I guess, uh, we're going to have Jen Brazovich from Destination Cleveland on. She'll probably have some good things for us to do uh, in the coming uh, month. Oh, I imagine so. Yeah. Uh, did you have any rants that you wanted to uh, let loose on uh, before we uh, uh, continue the festivities? 
Actually, I do. I will I will give on a rant. I was going to save this for later in the show, but now would be a perfect time to do this. It is a sports rant, which obviously at the end of the day means nothing. Right. Doing my research for the show, I always like to look at different things. So I found a post, obviously off of Instagram. That's always a great place to go to find information. And then I do the fact checking, and this actually was true. Okay. I saw this and I was pretty disturbed. Can you name the team that has the most NFL losses in the past 20 years? Oh, well, the most. I don't think there's I, I'm going to guess that there's that everybody else is fighting for second because I'm pretty sure that the Browns have uh, cornered the market on this particular award. Done. Yeah. 222. Losses. Over what time frame? 20 seasons. What? The last 20 seasons, they've lost 222 games. 222. What do you uh, think second? That's that's an average of more than 10 games a year. That's correct. If well, it doesn't uh, help with one year not winning any games. And then the, the year before that, I think he won one. Yeah. So. One and 31. Who's second, you think? Uh, oh, the Jets. It's a good guess. They're or the close. Bears? They're top five. The Bears? No, they're actually farther down, surprisingly. Uh... You got to think of another city not that far from us. Oh, Detroit. Yes, sir. 216. Oh, wow. They gave us a run for our money. Yeah, we, we only got them by six six losses. Who do you think yeah. had the best record? This is the one that just makes me sick. Who had the best, most, or least amount of losses in the last 20 seasons? In the last 20 seasons? Probably the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are second. Hmm. Uh... New England. Oh, yes. 92 losses. Yeah. 92. We have 222 to 92. That's 130 more if you're... I want you to... I don't really want to say much more. I want people to think about that. Okay. That's all I got. That's my sports rant. Our team's been bad for a while. At some point, love to be better. This maybe could be the year, but I'm cautiously optimistic. Thank you. Just figured I'd take a moment to uh, let that kind of sink in here. Let it sink in. Yep. Sobering. All right. Coming up on this week's show, a man dreams of a burglary and wakes up with a gunshot wound. We're going to explain how that happened in Klopp's clips. What requires stilettos and takes less than 13 seconds? The answer to that is in overachievers. I'm sure you're curious about that, Ken. In oh, Cleveland yes. history, we remember an infamous Cleveland fire and not the one on the Cuyahoga River. No, this involved a local leader's hair. Do you know how long Cleveland's baseball team has been on the radio? Well, we have the answer in Cleveland sports. We've got all that, and we've got much, much more. And now, a woman's perspective. How do you know the handprint on the wet paint was left by a man? Because they can't look and not touch. This has been A Woman's Perspective. Time for Kids Talk. And there's only one person I could think of that we could have Kids Talk with, and that would be the Cleveland kid, Mr. Colin Forgotch. Colin, thanks for joining us today. It's been a while since we've talked to you, I guess very quickly. How did the school year end for you, and, and how's lacrosse going? I know that's your big sport right now. School's pretty good. Ended pretty well. Lots of fun at the end. Lacrosse went pretty well, too. Um, ended our last tournament losing in the championship, but had a really good weekend. So it was lots of fun, yes. Good for you. As uh, probably carry that momentum into the fall with some other things that you're doing. Well, today we want to talk about some professional sports. You, of course, follow professional sports very well. I mm -hmm. wanted to start with one that's certainly getting a little bit of run right now, but not a ton is NBA basketball, specifically one of your favorite teams, the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
So who finished oh, yeah. 51 and 31 last year, fourth in the East, lost in the first round of the playoffs to the Knicks. First of all, I, I guess your thoughts, not had a chance to get your thoughts, but your thoughts at the end of the year. And how did you feel the Cavs finished? I think at the start of the season, what the Cavs did was exactly what I wanted them to do, which make it to the first round. I just wanted them to not be in the play and I wanted them to make it to the first round, especially in the in the four seed with the four or five game like ranks. That was a big those I mean that's it's the hardest uh series, obviously. At the start of the year, that's what I wanted them to make. But when I saw how good they were playing with Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland and all of them, I realized that, oh, we can do a lot better than that. So at the end of the year, when it came down to it, we got eliminated. It hurt a lot. When it comes down to the end of it, we improved tremendously from the year before. And I think I was, I'm actually pretty happy with how we played. I think it's a pretty good answer. So the Cavs went into the draft. They only had one draft pick, which was in the second round. They picked a guy by the name of Amani Bates from Eastern Michigan. 6'9", weighs 180 pounds. I think I weigh him by about 50 pounds, I think. Not sure if he'll be an immediate addition. He did average like 19 points a game in college. He was a very good high school player coming out of uh, the Michigan area. And then he finished his career in Eastern Michigan. But I think he'll probably play for the Cleveland Charge. My question for you is not to talk about Amani Bates, but off-season moves. Obviously, I think they signed Lamar Stevens. They got to figure out what they want to do with Karis LeVert. What additions do you feel this team needs to make, maybe to move to the next level? So what would their next goal be? Eastern Conference Finals, second round of the playoffs? Your thoughts? I think because of how young our team is, and yeah, Donovan Mitchell is probably one of the oldest players on our team, but we still signed into a good contract. I think if every single year, we were able to get in a higher round every single year, I think that would be great. If we can make it either to the second round of the Eastern Conference Finals next year, I think that's looking amazing. I think that is what I want us to do as a team. Well, that's a pretty good goal. You know, I, I think people were very surprised finishing fourth in the East. I think the expectation yeah. level of what they had rose because the team was playing so well. But I, I think they might have. I'm not saying put the cart before the horse, but I just don't think they're at quite at that level as some of those other mm-hmm. teams in Milwaukee and Boston the yeah. Sixers and all that stuff. And no way. I think they kind of showed some of the deficiencies they had in the Knicks game, which is yeah. toughness. Obviously, guys like Jared Allen and Evan Mobley really had trouble down there in the post. And I just I just do think they, they need some help. What would you do for a post person for a backup? What you you know the NBA extremely well. What type of player would you would you want? Do you have a name in mind who would be great to have? How about a specific name? But I think for sure something we need is a player that will always start for us at small forward. That is like, see, Karis LeVert was a great small forward, but the problem was is he's still meant to be a guard, so he wasn't always a great small forward. Okoro really showed how he is a small forward by the end of the year. He played great at the end of the year, and I was really happy with his performance. But if he can't play like how he played at the end of the year, year like year round, I think we need to find somebody that's like Darius Garland, but at the small forward position that is able to always play small forward. They don't get like benched or something out of the starting job because we are always mixing around their small forward because he never can find a specific one. And my second thing I think we need, Jared Allen is amazing. And I think he is one of the best centers in the NBA, if you ask me. The problem was is when you get into the playoffs, you need somebody that is he's too nice in the back in the, with the basketball we need somebody more mean that is able to play with so much higher of an intensity he's just too nice and i think that's our biggest problem that's good thoughts i think the the Cavs certainly found that out so we will see and things once again tip off for basketball not too far away if you think about it we're going to september they begin things like october so we'll see how that goes we're going to switch Sports on you now. I like to keep you on your toes here. We're going to talk a little bit about the Cleveland Browns, another team that you follow pretty well. Once again, we're in the offseason. Camp is coming up. They went through the draft. They've had some free agency. On paper, let's be honest, Colin, this looks like a really good team. They've improved at every position. What's your thoughts here in the preseason? I'm actually really excited. I think running backs always looking strong with Nick Chubb. I mean, Elijah Moore, that was a really exciting pick for me. I've always liked Elijah Moore just for some reason, and I was really excited to get him just because I think we need to bump up. See, we have Amari Cooper, who is an, obviously an amazing wide receiver, but we, Donovan Peoples-Jones 
sometimes will have bad games. And I think we need to find somebody that's more of a speedy guy because Amari Cooper is just a bigger body, but we need somebody that's a speed, like a speed guy that is still able to come down with the ball because yeah, Donovan Peoples Jones sometimes can have amazing games, but other times he dips down tremendously in random games. So I think those were big pickups. So the guys from the wide receiver that we got in the draft from Tennessee, what Cedric Tillman, he was a, that was a great pickup. I think he, because I mean, I think he was injured during the college year, but I mean, he was a great player when he did play. I mean, he, I mean, Tennessee also just had an amazing year this year and he helped partially of that. And I think that was a great pickup defense, obviously upgraded with who Zadarius Smith. He's yes. one of the best defensive ends you could pick up at this point in time. He, he gets a ton of sacks. He should help. Yes. I think that was a great pickup. We didn't get him for a little I mean, it was kind of a steal too. We did not trade him for much at all. I mean, Really happy with that trade. And you can obviously see the Browns. They're, the only scary part is that we're putting so much in that in a few years, I mean, like, cap is going to hurt us probably soon. But but it's just like we're going all in right now. And I think that's, like, one of our biggest things is that we're going all in right now. So it's either we're going to make it super, super far or we're going to lose everything and we're, like, destroyed in three years. And – it's really hard to do that this year because Watson, obviously, I think he's an amazing quarterback. And I think he's going to be great at like, the year coming up, but we don't know that because he did not show great signs of that last season. It's scary going it all in because, if I mean, the quarterback obviously runs the entire team. If we don't have a good quarterback, he won't win a Super Bowl. So that's the only scary part is we don't know how he's going to play. But if he plays great, Super Bowl could be ours. I think they have the talent. I, I really do. I think these are good points, Colin. And, and the other part, too, obviously, besides the players, I do like their coaching staff a lot. You know, they brought in, I know one guy that they brought in, I think you should be very pleased about. And it's not for the offensive side, but for the defense, it's Jim Schwartz. I think he'll be great. You know, you got Alex Bell yeah. working with your head coach to call plays. And then he brought in a new special teams guy. You know, certainly it's on paper. Your coaching staff has improved, so you got all these Definitely. different things. But well said, when it comes down to the quarterback play, that's where it's at. If if the quarterback plays well, I think you have a great season. If he struggles, yeah, I think you're right. We might be in trouble. Mm-hmm. We'll see prediction right now. Yeah. How many wins? So I've tough been to saying on paper, but what do you think? I've been saying ten and seven the entire off season. I, like I think ten, ten and seven, or eleven and six in that range. I, I definitely think they could do that. Still in a tough division. And you open up with Cincinnati mm-hmm. with Joe Burrow and all that. It's never easy, but I agree with you. I completely agree. We have agree a huge chance you. of winning the division, though. I mean, if we can play like how our roster shows, a huge chance of winning the division. Yep. And I, I think they're going to get the, the proper coaching and all that. Certainly on the defensive side that they'd be looking for. All right, we'll switch gears again. Guardians, your thoughts? Yes. They're in a probably one of the crappiest divisions in baseball. They're yeah. finding a way to win games when we record this podcast, which is Monday. They're coming off a loss to the Brewers and extra innings. What's your thoughts so far? Just on the Indians, or I should say the Guardians overall. Your thoughts? I'm going to start with the best points, I think, right now. Um, Ramirez breaking every record right now. I mean, that or not breaking, but hiring. I mean, he's just he's playing amazing right now. Well, he has like 16 home runs right now, I think. Last time I checked, um, he is playing tremendous. And Stephen Kwan, that's my guy. He always figures out a way to get on base. That is his number one thing, and that's why I love him. If you ever need to get him on base, he will get on base for you. Naylor really stepped up. At the start of the year, he was struggling tremendously and has really got better. And it's just, I feel like our team batting-wise has, some players have got so much better. Like Naylor has helped his average so much. But it's just we still just can't get the job done. And our defense is great. I mean, our defense is one of the best in the league, I'd probably say, especially the infield. It's just we just, I don't know, we just can't get the job done ever. It's just little things. Yep. So it's just a struggle scoring runs. And obviously yesterday's game was frustrating. You get to extra innings, mm-hmm. have opportunities, and got yeah. some interesting calls going against them and all that stuff. Playoff team, you think they make the playoffs? That's a tough one. I know. I kind of threw a zinger at you. I, I, yeah, I've I mean, kind of gone through this in my head. I'm not sure. I don't know. No more than wild card. Yeah, if I you agree ask me. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Well, great sports talk on the professional side. Now I need an update. 
you're heading into seventh grade. Talk about yeah. what things to you're expecting in seventh grade and then what you have coming up in the fall sports wise. For seventh grade, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, <laughs> every single year, I mean, I know a lot of the people that were in seventh grade and I could probably ask them, but I just go in open-minded every year thinking that maybe this will be a good year. Fair enough. Fair enough. What sports will you be playing in the fall? What do you got? I will have just football. Very cool. Now, what league are you playing in in football? Like, I was playing in CYO for St. Joe's. That fell through just because we lost so many people in just like a three-year span. We went from having like eight teams to three teams. Jeez. So, wow. yeah. So, we can't do that anymore. So what? The, so the CYO fell through. Like last year, when I played in the fifth, sixth grade league, we played in like the rec league. Like now that I'm in seventh, eighth grade team, we play for more. Just like there isn't really a championship. We kind of just play, and we just play like different teams around like like our area. Oh, that's cool. Nice mm -hmm. position. Where are you playing? Uh, last year I played left tackle and defensive end, but okay. mainly, well, yeah, like mainly guard tackle. And D-line, yeah. Well, I appreciate the time. Last question. I know you're a big fan of jerseys. Mm -hmm. I know you like it for all different sports. Who is someone's jersey that you want to get? And actually, quickly tell our listeners, you had an opportunity to meet a professional lacrosse player. Talk about that story for us. So when I was in Columbus for my last lacrosse tournament, we went, so the PLL, the Professional Lacrosse League, was hosting, um, Ohio State was hosting them the entire weekend. And there's eight teams, so there's four games. I went to three of the games, the one game I was playing during that day. So my games were Saturday and Sunday. Um, the PLL was Friday, Saturday. So I went to both the games on Friday. That was lots of fun. I met a lot of I met a lot of players. Like, cause after the game, if you sprint over to their sideline, they're like usually all like signing autographs. But then Saturday, after my first games were over, we went over to the fields. And that was when my favorite team was playing, the Whip Snakes. I got to meet my favorite player, my idol, Matt Rambo. Shout out. It was super cool. Like, I talked, I had a like, good, decent, like, conversation with him. He was a super cool guy, especially because he had a really good game. Had, like, four goals, three assists. Wow. Played great. Yeah, mm -hmm. So, cool. yeah, he was, that was cool. That's cool. You got an autograph? Yeah, I got, what did I get? Oh, I had 23 autographs from the weekend. <laughs> all different players that's outstanding i very met ohio cool. state's lacrosse coach that was cool that is cool coach myers well yes. very jealous of living in uh in your world right now because i don't get to meet anybody <laughs> I just kind of hang out and talk on this podcast it's my way of <laughs> to people well colin thanks again the cleveland kid joining us to give us his sports talk colin will probably be talking mm -hmm. to you as the fall begins football season all that browns get some games under their belt we'll get you back on to get your thoughts and we'll see what happens hoping for a winning year Course, definitely. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Colin. Of course. Ted, we have some good news. Jamima, the He's tortoise. Good, right? yeah. I didn't think you were, I know I wasn't going to say that. Does she have an aunt that makes uh, syrup? I don't think so. Okay. But Jamima is back at home in England. Okay. The 50 year old made a slow getaway, surprising, from a home two years ago. And the Waddle family spent months looking for her. They had all but given up until a couple weeks ago when a Facebook post turned up about the discovery of a tortoise, which was taken to a vet. Her identity was confirmed and she was reunited with her family. The family does not uh, does note. The family does note that the tortoises move a lot quicker than you might think. That is crazy. Two years. Wow. Am I the only one who thinks it's ironic that the, the tortoise made a slow getaway from the Waddle family? <laughs> oh, gosh. No, that's well done, by the way. Ted, we have some good news. Time for another Cleveland history lesson. We welcome our Cleveland historian, John Grabowski. And John, a hot topic here, no pun intended. We want to talk about when, as if we hadn't been kicked down enough with uh, other things catching fire, the mayor's hair, Ralph Perk's hair, caught on fire. Tell us about 
where and when this happened and uh, all the uh, all the gory details. Oh, gosh. Well, it, it, it happened on September 21st, 1972. And, uh, Ralph had, uh, it's in his first year of the mayor. He would serve three terms. Uh, so, and uh, it was an American Metal Society convention in the Underground Mall uh, Convention Center. And uh, they decided to open it by hanging a metal bar on two pieces of wire and the point was that the mayor was going to ceremoniously cut the cut the bar with an oxyacetylene torch, <laughs> and uh, and so they outfitted him in a welder's outfit, the helmet, and the whole deal. And he's there with the torch, and he successfully cuts through it, but a spark blew up and it caught the front part of his hair. Now I don't know if he used brill cream or whatever else, but it caught fire, <laughs> and. Uh, Somebody in the audience patted it out quickly. He wasn't severely in injured. Uh, we, we would try to get it patched later on. Uh, the point, though, with that is that it made the news all over the world. And uh, I have a personal recollection because I was at a convention uh, that fall, 1972, an archivist convention of all things in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, I, was, I had a little program there, and a guy came up. He was an archivist from Australia. He asked me where I was from. I said, I'm from Cleveland. He said, oh, we saw your mayor's hair on fire in a local newspaper. And so it went as far as Australia. On, um, and that, that of course, followed by three years, the, the last fire on the Cuyahoga River. And, uh, and Ralph Rick was an incredible guy. He was, he was a true ethnic politician. He was a Republican elected in a Democratic city. Um, follow Carl Stokes, and uh, and it was maybe it, it was part I guess with the great uh, the, the the backlash that was coming up at that point that drove votes to Nixon in in Washington, and also got Perk uh, elected. But he was able uh, the city was losing revenues uh, to to maneuver things, maneuver money from Washington into the city, and he's often looked at as sort of the consummate ethnic mayor because he was of Czech descent. And, huh. and he was out at every ethnic picnic you could see, eating sauerkraut, sausage, or whatever else. He was a man of the people. And he got, there's a lot of fun made of him uh, because of, of sort of that persona. But that's that's who he was. He served three terms. And, uh, you know, and, and the, the jokes go on is that, you know, they were invited to the White House, the Nixon White House, and uh, they couldn't go because his wife had her bowling night. That's what was announced. So, you know, that. And there's it's just a deeper story than that, but he did leave a legacy. He he regionalized the uh, helped get the Cleveland uh, CTS into Greater Cleveland Regional Transit System, and he also got water and sewer regionalized. So he began a process that we've been fighting for for ages, and that was good for the city because it just didn't have the revenues you needed to share revenue. So he was he was struggling to get the city out. John, I appreciate the information because obviously a little bit of a younger person at the time. And obviously we heard about Ralph Perk because of the hair catching fire. But it's good to know that and great to hear that he kind of took things in stride. You know, the whole thing happened, but it didn't affect him as he moved forward as mayor. And, and in all honesty, as you talk about it, were there other things that he did and accomplished as mayor that maybe others didn't? Yeah, I, I think basically he helped us. And some people will claim that, that, that you know, he, he they neglected the deficit and the money issues, but he held the city together for, for the six years that he was here. But, you know, and then, then he was replaced by Dennis Kucinich. So you get another ethnic mayor who was followed by George Voinovich. So you have three people of Eastern European background. And it's kind of this period in the 1960s, 1970s, where ethnicity was becoming very popular. And, and Ralph fit that. Um, and, you know, he... He quit high school and then he went to he, he got his uh, degree by going to a correspondence school and he worked as, as an ice delivery man and whatever else uh, grew up. And he lived in the house on East 49th Street in what is now Slavic Village. That was his house right right across from the freeway. Mm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's uh, it was uh, easy for people to make fun of Ralph, for, but for many people, it, it was a shock to have a Republican mayor at that time because we were solidly Democratic. Hmm. Yeah. Well, but, surprise, surprise, I guess, right? Yeah. Uh, so we went from hair catching fire to uh, the whole city defaulting. Boy, that was a that was a tough time to be a Clevelander, I suppose. 
Yeah, the, the, the loss of Cleveland population in the 1970s was more a hemorrhage than a loss, really. That, that mm -hmm. really bled population. All right, John. Well, uh, the uh, infamous mayor's hair catching fire long before uh, Michael <laughs> Jackson uh, got on stage and had that happen during that uh, infamous commercial. Yep. Uh, I guess we were the uh, the trendsetters in that aspect. Yeah, we, we, we sure will. You know, we, we did Balloon Fest in one of our interviews, so there was another trend that we got onto, but <laughs> flopped. Yeah, we uh, we really know how to pick them, right, Ken? That's right. We yeah. certainly do. Yeah. All right, John. Hey, thank you very much. My pleasure. Ted, one of your favorite segments. We were out and about Northeast Ohio spending oodles of cash on drinks and food. Mm -hmm. And that game that I play for maybe an hour and a half to three hours twice a week where I just scream at a little white ball. <laughs> this week's, this past week's adventures, um, we ended up going to Panini's in Westlake, Buckeye Beer Engine, uh, went to two different golf courses, Ridgewood Golf Course with uh, actually one of our fantasy football friends, Tom Dank, and a couple friends at Ridgewood mm -hmm. Golf Course. Had a nice mm -hmm. time. Boy, they've really done a nice job with that course. They're working on a new clubhouse, but do an outstanding job. And I had two rounds at your favorite, Baba Link and Avon. One round Baba was Link. great. The other round, I could have taken my clubs and thrown them in the water. I I, <laughs> I think I had 18 shots out of the sand. And, oh, God, it was brutal. It really, it really was. I, It was work. It wasn't fun. But, were, all uh, these, uh, were all these games played with Eowyn? Oh, yeah, that's my uh, that's my main golfing partner. And mm -hmm. she actually played really well the, the first time as well. This past time, it was OK, but she did not get as frustrated as I did. So, uh -huh. But uh, yeah, the out and abouts just when you work. Unfortunately, you just don't get out as much as you do. But no. Well, that's I... what I have. How about for yourself, sir? Well, oh, and throw in, I threw in a couple Guardians games, too. I saw okay. two Guardians games. I actually went to a, a day game where I took my kids. It was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Let me just tell you, some of those day games during the week, people turn it up, man. They really, they're hitting it hard. I'm yeah. not, not going to lie. I heard some interesting language. Mm -hmm. Some guy accused me of throwing a hat at him, which oh. obviously I wouldn't do that. And uh, yeah, by the time that seventh or eighth inning came, the people were, uh, well, as you mentioned in the previous segment, they were waddling all over the place. <laughs> so, so that's my out in the about how about yourselves? Well, we uh, I uh, speaking of work, I had a work related event that I uh, went to Orlando for uh, trade show down there. So went to Orlando, was there for three days. Yeah, I think it was three days, and um, went to the show. Uh, went to Disney Springs one night with uh, other uh, coworkers, and we. Uh, eight at uh, the Planet Hollywood that's there. Oh, nice. Uh, our other two eat, eating uh, options while we were there were a local Mexican restaurant. And then um, uh, the other restaurant that was chosen was the Cheesecake Factory. <clears throat> oh, that's a fan uh, favorite of you and your wives. Uh, well, I said to um, those in my group, I said I drove 16 hours to go to the cheesecake factory huh but uh yeah so did that um had a good time uh not a whole lot else a lot of baseball games and um been to a couple couple movies i know we talked about uh transformers went and saw yes. that again we like that so we saw that a second time with our cousins um haven't seen the flash uh went on um what was that website that i told you about common sense media yes you talked to when we were there the last time we, we were on talked about some of the language in some of these movies yeah well common sense media said that there was some pretty strong language in the flash and so we bypassed it and i don't know if you've seen any of the box office reports but uh i saw one this morning that said that uh 
who is it? DC, I think, is the ones that yes. put that one out. Yes, they would have lost this. This report suggested they would have lost less money if they made the film and didn't release it. <laughs> In other words, if they didn't bother to market it, they would have lost less money. Wow, that's now, crazy. I don't know. It's, uh, but yeah, we went to uh, we saw it's Transformers. I'm assuming is doing pretty well. Uh, I just, I mean, my two cents is. I'm going to a movie to be entertained. Yes. Keep the politics and the swearing out of the movie. Yep. And everybody will be fine. Yep. Everybody will be fine. Especially when you're talking about kids. I'm adults, right. different story. You know, I, I understand it and all that stuff. But yeah, for kids, I, I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, if I you're doing agree. a drama that's specifically about some, you know, something, okay, I get that. But uh, you don't need that in, in kid movies. So that's that's my two cents. By the way, um, do you know, speaking of superheroes, you know what the difference between Iron Man and Iron Woman is? No. Well, one's a superhero and the other's a command. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, he's here all week. Well, Ted, great outstanding out and abouts. Thanks for supporting your local businesses. I know we'll have more here 4th of July. I'll be doing a, uh, a DC trip for 4th of July. This will be different, so I have an out and about for that, and I imagine I'll find another pub or facility to continue with my obesity. Continue to be out and about. Cleveland! This is for you! Time for more Cleveland sports history, and we move to June 28th, 1946 which was a big year for the Browns, but we're talking about the Indians in this particular one. Our, our sports expert, Dusty Sloan, joins us. And Dusty, the, this is a significant because the Indians uh, added permanent radio play-by-play of all their games on June 28th, 1946. It's kind of a big deal. It is kind of a big deal because back then we didn't have podcasts. We didn't have internet. We didn't have a whole lot of TV. And this was how you got baseball games out to the general public. And it was WGAR with Jack Graney in 1947. And obviously the great Jimmy Dudley thereafter. And obviously it changed people. It changed networks. Obviously it begot Herb score at some point, Joe Tate. And then obviously on to what we hear now with Tom, the great Tom Hamilton and what we hear on WTAM all the time. But again, back in the day, that was how you got your team's games is you listened to them on the radio and then you used your imagination to kind of get the games into your head as far as what might have happened based on what you heard. So that was a very big deal back then. It certainly was. It was basically the way that you saw the game because literally, uh, I know many of our younger listeners won't believe this, but nothing was on TV. They didn't have, <laughs> they didn't have games on TV or anything like that. That did not exist. So I guess my question, Dusty, obviously very historical time, I guess as we move to the future, I mean, right now with the advancement of live streaming, all these different apps, I, I know certainly people my parents' age will still listen to the radio, still listen to games, but are we ever at a point moving forward where we won't have games on radio anymore? That's a great question, Ken, and I think that – you, you would love to say that all oh, newspapers are going to be around forever. Well, that may not necessarily be the case. With radio, it depends on the person. Can you imagine the Cleveland? There's going to come a day when the Guardians aren't going to have Tom Hamilton. Yeah. So is, is that the impetus where now you're doing something else? It's, I think you're always going to have a radio-type broadcast, but it may not necessarily be on a radio station. You'll have it on your phone. You'll have it on an app, things like that. So I think that type of broadcast will always exist, but it may not necessarily be in the form we're used to. I think uh, the TV might uh, might be some questions there, depending on if Bally Sports can write some checks. Well, and that's the thing, too. Now you're going into streaming services and thing, things like Peacock, where NBC's got games every Sunday. So, yeah, I mean, who, who would have thought that we'd have things like TikTok how many years ago? So who knows what's on the horizon? I do know that you've listened to a lot of Tom Hamilton, Dusty. I know he's one of your favorite announcers. Is there a particular call that you remember the most from, from Tom with 
with some of the games he's called and things like that? One 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 memory you have that's comes well, to I, the top of your head. I think for a lot of people, it's uh, you will have an October to remember because we know that back before '95 there weren't many Octobers to remember, and we got unfortunately robbed of the opportunity to potentially have one in '94 with the strike. So. Yeah, whenever you hear Tom Hamilton say you will ha have an October to remember, that's when things get really good. Now, with the jury still out on the 2023 version, whether they're going to have an October to remember, but let's see if that actually comes to fruition here in a few months. They have to remember how to hit first, don't they? That's it's it's starting. We're starting. Okay. To All right. Starting. Fair enough. All right, Dusty. Well, uh, talking about back when radio first started for the tribe. Thanks for your time, Dusty. Appreciate it, guys. Cleveland! This is for you! Ken, we have some overachievers, and uh, you're not one of them. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah. A retired Sri Lanka Army soldier went in for surgery on an obstruction, a kidney stone, this stone was bigger than Canistus Kughi's kidney, it turned out. Mm. Well, it turned out to be a world record-sized stone. This stone measured about five and a quarter inches long. Oh, man. It weighed 100, I'm sorry, 1.76 pounds. Oh my gosh! The uh, the gentleman is uh, doing well in his recovery. I just want to keep in mind that when you think about that, the smaller stones, you know how guys pass those, yeah. and for that matter, yeah. women. Just keep that in mind when you're uh, <laughs> five and a quarter think... inches long and uh, almost two pounds. Obviously, that wasn't passed. That was removed. No. So yeah. I, I might have trouble with the next story because I'm still thinking about the previous. But we'll, we'll fire on here. In Spain, this one's a little bit better. A man who holds several world records has added another. Christian Roberto Lopez Rodriguez. That might be the longest name I've ever seen <laughs> in my a, life. That's a record. Is that for the, the world record? Name. Christian Roberto Lopez Rodriguez wore a wore 2.76 inch stiletto heels and ran. <laughs> Ran the hundred meters in twelve point eight two seconds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Previous record was fourteen point zero two seconds, set in two thousand nineteen. That is moving pretty good at twelve point eight two seconds. Now, now, what are you more surprised by the 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 speed that this guy got, or the fact that there was a previous record for this. I think that probably both. Okay, I'm still stymied by the name. It almost like he's yeah. in witness protection. So, yeah, yeah. Wow, what a story that is. 12.82 seconds and 2.76 inch stiletto heels. Are you going for that record? No. Okay, no. You're, you're good. I don't want to break my ankles. You can have the record for most likely not to do that. <laughs> there you go. Cannot believe it's July already, but or I guess it will be in a few days. But uh, the the year is cruising right along, and so Jen Brazdovich from Destination Cleveland is back with us. Jen, uh, how's your summer? Summer is good. Those calendar pages seem to flip a little faster once we get to the warm weather months. Don't yeah, they? they do. Well, what uh, what kind of things do you have on your calendar for the month of July? Oh man, what don't I have on my calendar for the month of July? Summer is heating up. There's plenty of events happening around Cleveland this month. Um, of course, fireworks for 4th of July right around the corner. So next Tuesday night, um, if you're looking for a way to celebrate the 4th of July in an authentic Cleveland way, what could be better than fireworks over the water? So Light Up the Lake is back again this year. The um, annual spectacular begins at sundown. It's about uh, probably about 10 o'clock and it lasts about 20 minutes. Um, so downtown Cleveland Inc. is hosting a free family-friendly watch party over at Voinovich Park. That starts at five o'clock. So there's going to be a DJ, some kids activities, some food trucks, all sorts of cool stuff. And that'll wrap up right around 11 o'clock once those fireworks are over. 
Um, and of course, all of the entities around the lake will have plenty of ways for you to watch. Good Time 3 is hosting a watch party. Um, of course, if you head downtown over to the flats, there's great viewing locations there. So a lot of different options for you to watch the fireworks over downtown Cleveland this 4th of July. Um, and then one of my favorite things this summer, it's, you know, one of those quintessentially Cleveland things that we have here in our area. And it is my favorite thing to do in the summer in Cleveland. And that is to visit Blossom Music Center for the Blossom Summer Concert Series out there. Of course, the Cleveland Orchestra has Blossom Music Festival happening, but then there's also um, a variety of artists like Fall Out Boy, Jason Aldean, Foreigners having their farewell tour, and the orchestra has concerts for just about everyone. So they have their standard classical music. They've also got some cool favorites, like they'll be playing the soundtrack to Jurassic Park. Um, they've got a Disney show for the families. And one of the cool things about that, when you head out there for the Blossom Music Festival, if you're going to see the orchestra, is you can bring in your own food and drink. So you can pack a picnic. This is what I do. I pack, you know, some cheese, a bottle of wine, and just get there a few hours early and relax on the lawn. And then, um, take in the concert with, you know, one of the world's best orchestras right here Man. in Cleveland. I, I want, where are you going next? I'm joining you. I'll let you guys know. We'll okay. get into the corners. I mean, and how many people can say that they've gone to watch a, an orchestra play in the center of a national park? So, I mean, that's pretty darn cool. And that, like I said, is something that is very unique here to Cleveland that we get to experience. And then um, if you are looking to get out on the water this summer, another one of my favorite activities, I've got my kayak ready to go for the summer. So Blazing Paddles Paddle Fest is back again. This is July 21st and 22nd. So the third weekend in July. Um, it's all day. So like 7 a.m. until about 3 p.m. morning and early afternoon. So you can uh, either blaze your blaze past your opponents or you can take a leisurely slow burn and paddle on the Cuyahoga River. So this celebration really is a celebration of all things um, Cuyahoga River and the history and the heritage there. And aside from the paddling part, um, there's a live music festival, some food, a beer fest, all on the 21st. Um, and a cool fun fact that we have here in Cleveland, our claim to fame, the Cuyahoga River was chosen by readers as the number one best urban kayaking spot by USA Today last year. So you can get out there, get your kayak going. Um, there's all sorts of cool uh, multiple distance races that you can do, or you can just take a leisurely little paddle there along the river for Blazing Paddles Paddle Fest. And heading a little farther south of Cleveland, we have the Pro Football Hall of Fame Enshrinement Festival is back this year. It starts July 23rd and will run through August 6th. So don't forget about that if you are a sports fan. There's two parades, the first one on July 23rd, the Grand Parade on August 5th. Um, there's a balloon classic with hot air balloons from the 28th through the 30th. And then finally, the football season will kick off right down there at the Pro Football Hall of Fame Village. The Cleveland Browns will play the New York Jets in the first game of the preseason at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. You guys, I'm going down there this week to check out all of the new improvements they've made down there. They're, I mean, just left and right. Every time you, you drive past the Hall of Fame down there, they've got something new adding. So um, if you haven't been there, you know, I went there last summer, but if you haven't been there in even a year, there's going to be something new for you because mm. all of this stuff that I'm going to check out this week was not there when I was there last year. So I'm pretty excited to check it out and I will uh, report back to you guys. But for the sports fan in your life, the uh, Hall of Fame Enshrinement Festival cannot be missed. And that's just about an hour south of here. So not too bad. No, not at all. And I think the thing that's super exciting about the Hall of Fame and thanks for all the information, Jen. This is a big year for us. I mean, how many times do we actually have someone from the Cleveland Browns being inducted to the Hall of Fame with Joe Thomas? So that's super exciting. Yeah. And yes, to answer your question, every time I drive by the Hall of Fame, it, it's something different going on. It's like a new football field or you <laughs> yeah. know, they're building a hotel. I mean, it is. They're really making that a, a huge spectacle. Yeah, I will say this. Its own destination down there for sure. Oh, for sure. By the way, I'm going to have to ask you this question. We're going to need some more food and dining recommendations if you have any. The last place you told me to go to, which was a coffee shop in Lakewood, oh, it was yeah, absolutely phenomenal. It was awesome. Oh, good. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Well, I, I've got a few recommendations dialed up just for you guys. So um, since we're talking about July, we'll start with Fahrenheit. The restaurant that has been in Tremont for more than 20 years is actually moving right downtown Cleveland. So it's going to be a 55 public square. There's going to be a rooftop bar space. Um, so that should be opening sometime next month. So you'll definitely want to check that out. It's been a Cleveland favorite for decades and it's moving into its new home. 
But one of the other places that I cannot recommend highly enough is this really cool place over in the Hingetown neighborhood called Patron Saint. Um, it's an all-day cafe. It opened last month in the recently restored Vitrolite building. So they're doing a lot of cool stuff over in that neighborhood too. And that whole building um, is just being completely renovated. It's been completely redone and they're renting out space to um, yoga studios and they've got this cafe and they've got harness cycle over there. Um, but this cafe is just so cool. It has coffee, it has cocktails, it is all day. So you can go there in the morning, grab your coffee, grab a pastry, grab a breakfast sandwich and work from there for the morning. And then once it switches over to afternoon or happy hour, you can stay right there and get yourself a cocktail. Um, but what they've done in the space is just absolutely beautiful. They've preserved a lot of the um, showroom elements that were there. It was actually previously a showroom for vitrolite glass and they've kept a lot of those showroom and design elements. So I cannot recommend it highly enough. I was over there with my coworker, Nick, a few weeks ago and um, we went for the end of the day. So we did have a cocktail and a snack and it is just absolutely amazing over there. The menu is great, the space is beautiful. Um, so you can you know, get a cocktail there and then head over to public square and get dinner at Fahrenheit. <laughs> Jen, you um, you know a lot of the places to to have a uh, a cocktail, don't you? <laughs> you know, it's one of Cleveland's signature things, isn't it? Is that, we is like our it beer, okay. we like our cocktail. Oh, it is. I agree. I you just, know? I what I I I appreciate you clarifying that for us. <laughs> Coffee and cocktails. I'm your girl. I can tell right. you all okay. the good places. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you clarified that for us so that we're all on the same page there. So, all right. Well, uh, uh, I assume you'll be uh, somewhere uh, downtown watching fireworks on the Fourth of July. Oh yeah, I'll be decked out in my red, white, and blue, ready to watch the fireworks and just enjoy. Hopefully, the weather will hold up and we'll have a beautiful day for Fourth of July downtown. And if we if the weather doesn't hold up, can we complain to you? Um, no, I would take that up with the with the meteorologist, the local meteorologist. I'm sure they're going to be happy to hear me say that. Oh, but, yeah. that's um, <laughs> Boy. Say, All right. Scott Sable from uh, Channel 8 is uh, a frequent contributor to our show. I'll be sure to pass your uh, email address on to him. Like I said, I've got the ideas. I don't have any control over the weather that happens okay. as I give out the ideas. All right. Ken, uh, you want to get uh, Scott on line four? No, we'll do that another time. All right. Well, uh, Jen, thank you for uh, the information, and we will uh, make sure we attend some of these events on the Cleveland calendar. All right. I'll see you guys there. The most trusted name in journalism, Klops Clips. All right, Ken, here are the news items that you might have missed. I'm going to bring you up to speed on them. Protesters in Poland have gotten their way with a bus number they wanted changed. Some Christians complained to a local bus operator about bus number 666. This bus takes its riders to Hell, Poland. Now that's spelled H E L. Hell, Poland. But it's pronounced hell. So bus number 666 was taking people to hell. Uh, <laughs> the, the bus will still take riders to hell, but beginning June 24th, it'll do so as bus number 669. So wow. there you go. You really uh, dancing with the devil there. Change, change that around. Never good. A suburban Chicago man is facing charges after he apparently accidentally shot himself in the leg. The 62-year-old told investigators he dreamt that an intruder was breaking into his home, and during the dream, he found his 357 Magnum and shot at what he thought was the burglar. Well, turns out he shot himself and woke himself up from the dream. There was no attempted burglary, but the guy had a firearm, even though his state firearm owner's ID card was revoked. So he's in trouble for that. Oh, my. Okay. It's All a right. follow-up follow story now on a story we told you a while back. You might remember this. The owner of a, an Atlanta auto repair shop in a spat with a former employee. The employee said that the Shop owed him 915 bucks, 
So the owner dumped 91,500 oily pennies in the former employee's driveway along with a pay stub with an expletive on it. I remember that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, a federal judge has now ruled that the owner violated overtime provisions and the Federal Fair Standards and Labor Act. The judge has ordered him to pay nine workers about 40 grand, oh which, my. which is about 4 million pennies. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my. Finally, we all know the dangers of leaving children and pets in a car in hot weather, but the National Weather Service in San Angelo, Texas, decided to demonstrate just how hot it gets. They put a tray of cookie dough on the dashboard of a car. Closed it up, and two hours later, they had baked chocolate chip cookies. Holy cow. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's nuts. That's a good one. That's, that's easy uh, to remember. hot. Sports. Here are some scores. Six to two, five to one, four to three, and then 11 innings, two to one. Mm. I'm Ted Klopp. That's news to me. Ted, a buddy of mine got fired from his job at the bank. Oh, no. What happened? Well, a woman came in and asked him to check her balance, so he pushed her. That joke was horrible. We are coming to the end of episode number 117, Ken. That would be uh, Brian Sight plus 100. Yeah, I didn't even go that route. Or, that's uh, wasn't about. Chris Gardaki 17? Boy, I don't even remember. Chris Gardaki was. And I think Jake DeLome was as well during his long and storied tenure with our yep. Leave him 222 alone, loss football team. Yeah, he Didn't he hurt himself trying to make some kind of crazy play at the goal line and then he oh, was out most of the year? Had that, you, you talking about Jake DeLome? You talking about uh, uh, Baker Mayfield? Who, who are you talking about here? Oh, yeah. Take your yeah. pick. Just like the old mixed bag. Hey, my wife had her birthday. Uh, oh, Monday. happy yeah. birthday, Mrs. Klopp. Yeah. I am i don't want to say how old she is. I know, just but, 40. Uh, uh, so I told my kids over the weekend, I said, make sure you each make a card for mommy. Now, there's Love three it. kids. How many kids do you think made a card? Okay, let me see. I'm going to go with two out of three. Nope. Oh boy. One? Nope. Oh boy. We were we were we were we're in the we're in the collar on that one. We went over. Oh no. no. Oh no, Ted. So uh we oh, boy. we went after piano lessons, which by the way, we're not taking piano lessons, two of the three. We'll add that to the add that to the list. Add that to the Uber route. So we uh went to Giant Eagle, got a uh cake. And they didn't have the the digits that I needed for her age, so I made her thirty nine. I love it. Yeah, like a like Benny Hill, and uh, got some other candles. We had candles. They picked out two cards, and then we had flowers. So we had we had all we needed. You did great. Yeah, that's outstanding. I like the homemade cards. I'm a huge fan of that. Should have seen the look on their faces when I asked them if they'd made cards and they <laughs> realized they hadn't. And then we did, needed to buy cards. Yeah, but and then, then my son found a, a Mickey Mouse card that was 10 bucks. And I said, no, we're not buying that card. That's uh, yeah, that's too much. That's, that's crazy. a negative. That's too much. I yeah. can't believe what, what some of the price of cards are. It's I know. Nice. So, yeah, we celebrated her birthday. Congrats Happy to Mrs. Birthday, Enjoy 39 and holding. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Perfect. That's it. Perfect. Ted, want to make one quick mention before we close. Special thanks. And this is a group I think you remember. Remember Bone, Thugs, and Harmony? Uh, vaguely, band? yeah. <clears throat> they sang a song. I think it's probably the most famous. It's called The Crossroads. They actually are getting a street named after them. Congrats to them. It's uh, going to be on the uh, intersection of East 99th and St. Clair. Oh It'll my. be called Bone Thugs and Harmony Way. So congrats to them. Longtime artists, very talented, and congrats to those guys. And then in some other interesting news, 
Remember the you know the Eagle Bridge, the Eagle Avenue Bridge in the flats. It's the bridge that goes up and down. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bridge, the one they're supposed to take that out next summer. Wow, as one of their projects, because I guess just from a lack of use, and I maybe just make it a little bit more regular road or something to that extent. I'm not sure, but yeah, there's a lot of people up in arms about that. So, well, how are you well, going to get across? Date on that. You got to swim. <laughs> <laughs> or do the running long jump. I don't know. Gonna have either to one of those would probably work. Or go another way. Use yeah. another route. There you go. Yeah, the uh, a couple other bridges are supposed to be uh, taken down as well. And so we get more information, we'll let you know. So, well, any happy, other, birthday, uh, happy birthday to my wife. Uh, happy yes. goodbye to Eagle Avenue. And uh, congrats to... To, to 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 popcorn, uh, uh, soda, and uh, Twizzlers. What is it? Absolutely. Uh, and bone remember, thugs and harmony. Just remember two, two, two. You What's won't that? Get that number. The amount of losses the Browns have had. Oh, many seasons. Two, two, I, two. Uh, you know, it's nice that I get to talk to you. I haven't spoken to my wife in like three weeks. Why is that? I I don't want to interrupt her. <laughs> oh, you're classic. Well, Ted, we'll wrap it up here. Special thanks. John Grabowski, the historian, the Cleveland sports historian, Dusty Sloan, Colin Forgotch, making an appearance for us. Talk a little uh, Cleveland sports. We always appreciate that. And obviously, thanks to our listeners. But Ted, enjoy your 4th of July. We'll be talking after that. I want some full details. We'll be shooting off fireworks at all or no? No, or no, no, no. Watching fireworks? Uh, Maybe. Do you guys take that in? Is it usually Cleveland Heights? Is that where you go to uh, fireworks or Lynnhurst or? You know, I don't know that we usually go anywhere. Or the television. Know. You just turn the television yeah. on. Somebody's got fireworks yeah. on. Sure. So. What about you? Uh, this year, maybe a little bit different. We're going to be going to the D.C. area. So I, oh. I don't know. I don't know if we'll go down to D.C. That's her. That's just insane for their fireworks. Yeah. But I think on the outskirts to spend some time with. Awen and her mom and her stepdad and the kids will be with me. So it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. Nice. What so, of that? Well, Ted, until next time, just as a reminder for all our listeners and everyone listening, we're just two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Two middle-aged men in Cleveland is sponsored by Westminster AV custom audio visual packages for all occasions.